Welcome to the Perspectivalist. Our agenda is to offer a perspective of the world that allows you to think more clearly as a Christian. We want the normativity of the scriptures to be the starting point of everything we do. So thanks for joining the conversation. This is season four, episode 19, and I am your host, Yuri Brito. Over the years, we have talked significantly about uh, the role of beauty in the arts. We have talked about the significance of, of music in shaping and forming the human imagination, but also the Christian corpus as a whole and individually as well. All these things are formational elements of the Christian faith. And today I wanted to add a, a, an extra layer to this conversation by talking with someone that I've, I've met a few weeks ago via Zoom, and it's a real uh, delight to have uh, Magnus with us today. Magnus, how are you? I'm very well, and I'm so grateful to be here today, Yuri. Thank you so much. Yes, a delight to have you. Uh, Magnus, can you uh, introduce our listeners uh, to who you are? I, wanted, I want them to get a, a good objective grasp of the kind of work you're doing and who you are as a person. Well, firstly, I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm a husband. I'm a composer and entrepreneur, and uh, I'm especially committed uh, to a revival of beauty in Western arts and church life. I grew up as a, a skateboarder and a, a rock band member. Didn't care too much about uh, that type of life. Uh, so I've been, I've been in both. Uh, and I must say that uh, it was beauty, actually, that brought me to church where I heard the gospel. And uh, yeah, so it has been very dear to me uh, that, uh, that beauty can open us up in a sort of a pre-conversional way. Uh, and uh, so I started a podcast called Beauty and the Faith and also SDG Music Radio, where we're talking about how we can reform the music to be appropriate for the present kingdom of God. Um, but also in the Beauty and the Faith, uh, it's also a, a way to unite the voices that are uh, you know, tired of the dehumanizing aspects of modernism and, and um, really... To, to help to take dominion of culture. Uh, and I also have a special heart for uh, the CREC and other uh, Orthodox churches and, and to help also uh, bring spaces and buildings and, and ways for the church to connect uh, through the arts and also to be able to reach more of the artists, uh, which has a significant part, uh, of course, in the kingdom of God. Speak with Magnus Galtestad. Uh, one of the things that we have uh, talked about when we met in the previous occasion, we talked about the the concept of beauty and the modern evangelical, you know, modern evangelical church in the United States. And you're in Spain right now, and you're Norwegian by nationality. When we talk about the concept of beauty, the United States has, of course, an incredible history of of artists. And however, the evangelical church has viewed the concept of art and beauty almost as tertiary to the core of what it is to believe in the kingdom of God. So as you're thinking through this and you're presenting this material to evangelical Americans, what would beauty lead to if we were to incorporate it more into the life of the Christian? What would more beauty lead to? That's It's a very important question um, because... Uh, Beauty is not just something pretty. Uh, beauty is one of the attributes of God. And I am convinced that uh, both through 
goodness, uh, so good works and, and love that we uh, share in our in our actions. Uh, the, the truth, of course, the reveal uh, word of God in in Scripture, uh, and also the uh, that beauty is ways of of uh, being aware of the presence of God and to uh, be drawn toward God. So one thing is, of course, spiritual uh, vitality and also to um, to grow your love for God and and your strength in the worship for believers, but also to become more aware of of the Lord's presence in the world, which which of course is a way that can also awaken the conscience of people, and and then um, you know they can can come to a, a sorrow, a God given sorrow for for how they have been toward God. Uh, but I will also say that the. Jesus also came to save the world. And there are certain aspects um, that beauty also leads to better environmental stewardship. So, so for example, if we want to connect with culture today, um, then actually beauty shows when you have a beautiful architecture, for example, uh, people take better care of their environment. It, it actually leads to more human flourishing. It actually leads to more community. So that's what that is also uh, very very important when it comes to beauty. Another aspect is mental health. We see a pandemic of uh, suicide and depression uh, in this flat and uh, what some say a disenchanted world. And beauty can lead back some of that wonder to people who see life as very meaningless and 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 uh, uh, doesn't really see a purpose of things. Beauty can take them into a sense of wonder and thinking about the deeper things. And I actually heard about some uh, unbelieving poets saying that they couldn't stand the feeling of being around beauty too long because there's a sense, certain sense that there must be something more when you're around beauty like that. So, so there are several good reasons. But And the last one I want to mention is, of course, the classical value that uh, the arts was to, to make people better. So what I mean is uh, you have uh, Handel. He said, if I only entertain them, I would be sorry. I wish to make them better. So the point is, when you create ideals, when you create something to strive for, when you create uh, excellence, it actually gives purpose into people's lives and it actually inspires people to be better. So that's just one more area that it can lead to more uh, moral goodness, more virtue, aspiring for virtue in people, uh, believers and also uh, other people who then uh, can, can build a taste for certain things like me through beauty. I, I wanted to be more of a gentleman than type of the bad boy guy I was before. I, know I, I looked at that as more of a primitive type of, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't really that challenging to be like that. You just have to let go when you're like that, really. But to be like a gentleman. And then, you know, it was finding the music. And I, I met other people who, who were drawn to these things that took you a bit out of the world. Uh, so, um, so there are several benefits of this. And I think many, many people are waking up that this is a very, very important part of reviving Western culture, and of course also uh, reviving the, the the spiritual aspects uh, in the West. I want to follow up on a couple of things you said, Magnus. I, I found it fascinating that you, uh, you you connected the stewardship to uh, to the concept of art, and I, I I'm intrigued by the reality that where you are in Europe today, there are wild environmentalists going to um, to places of beauty and where, where art has been displayed for hundreds of years, 
and we're we're seeing the desecration of beauty, and they're doing it in the name of the environment. Why are they, as a if you can tie these theological uh, concepts together, why would they choose an art gallery, a display of of some of the finest pieces of art in the world, as a way of critiquing the Western approach to environmentalism? In other words, why would they choose that target? Is there a connection to beauty there? I did see a couple of protesters who were trying to smash a painting and they were sitting in front of it. Um, Their intention is for me, you know, there's a lot of, um, of course, uh, uh, uninhibited sin that goes around right now. Uh, In terms of um, seeing their purpose of why they are doing it, it can be many. Uh, in my mind, I am thinking that uh, they are desperately um, uh, looking for a deeper purpose in life. And I think that uh, uh, if they do care about the environment and the beauty of creation, um, which some do and some really don't, they just want something to to protest, then we need to be sure where they are coming from. Uh, it's just like also with the poor and Marxism. Some actually care about the poor, and but some are, they have different intentions of joining these, uh, for example, as a power grab. Yeah, I, I find it fascinating, somewhat ironic that they would choose to desecrate art. In other words, in the, as a way of protecting the, the environment for their cause, right? What are they doing? They are attempting to desecrate beauty as a response to their pro as a way of protesting and there is an interesting uh interesting play on actions here so they want to preserve creation the whales the forest but as a way of doing it they want to destroy the art of the western world and so they want one without the other and you can't have creation without beauty one of the things that i as you were as you were talking as you were sort of articulating an, a, a proper understanding of beauty, a high view of beauty, I was thinking that uh, the the great Dutch theologian Abraham Kuyper uh, talked about Jesus' relationship with his people as that of a, a master artist. In other words, uh, Kuyper would even view things like the 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 changing, the transformation of water into wine at the wedding of Cana as an example of of beauty itself. And I think the, I think creation. God God is an artist. God is the master artist, as Kuiper said. God creates the world in His image, and He creates image bearers that are by nature artists. In other words, we are created to replicate God's beauty and God's splendor. So, as you are pursuing this task of providing a, a greater view, a greater worldview of beauty to the world. Um, how can the church itself, as you're looking at the church from a, a European perspective, how can the church take dominion over arts and entertainment? Because it appears that when the when when we think of arts and entertainment, we're thinking of we're thinking of of California, we're thinking of Hollywood, we're thinking of those things that, in my estimation, are desecrations of arts and entertainment. So, from your perspective, Magnus, how can the church take dominion once again over arts and entertainment? That's a very important uh, point, and I think that uh, we have already seen in many ways that the, the church can do this, that the that the, the the world comes to the church to find those uh, those higher, uh, finer arts. Uh, and um, 
first of all, we need to uh, start with education. Uh, and because in many ways, there are a lot of small evangelical churches around uh, that do not uh, both have the theology or the resources to just start um, really supporting the artist as much as they should. I have spoken personally with, with several that would wish their church were more beautiful if they had the means. They would wish they had more musicians in their church. So what we need to be thinking about is that there is a... Um, uh, there is a priority that needs to shift here uh, because uh, we have seen in the past that in many places the arts, the, the churches have been beautiful and the arts have been wonderful and it has uh, has an impact of, of having uh, Christ-believing artists filled up in a lot of the, the great museums of, of those cities. So it starts off by teaching the whole council of God from the pulpit. That's one of the, the main things that we don't just look at the New Testament and saying, you know, those persecuted uh, disciples, that's real Christianity. And then we reduced it down to seeing how the Lord has, uh, the first person he's giving the Holy Spirit is a craftsman, an artist, seeing through the whole, you know, the Bible starts in a beautiful place. The, the, the Bible ends in a beautiful place, how he has used uh, far beyond utilitarian purposes, the arts and the artists. So we need to be, we need to really emphasize that because I think, and I've also talked with so many artists that are feeling left out, that are feeling devalued and that are feeling just like a tool, just like they say, okay, the, the arts is just a tool for the word. Okay. So then the artist also becomes kind of a tool. Uh, so, that's eight seconds. But we need a systematized way of educating and building up more artists. And here I believe that we should come together with faith-driven entrepreneurs to help the churches. Because I do believe that pastors doesn't, that they don't become CEOs of their little company. I actually believe that they should be pastors and 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 preachers and all of these things. And but if we can come together with faith-driven entrepreneurs, they can help develop uh, art centers educational centers online and offline where both can uh, show art, train up artists, show movies, connect with mo uh, movie makers, uh, start to fund more of these projects and we can and this will have a cumulative effect where it will become sustainable over time. That's wonderful. I, I'm very grateful for your work. Uh, as you know I have a I have the presiding minister in the CREC and I represent the denomination both nationally and internationally. One of the things, of course, we are we're working in this country as a as a, a small denomination, small community of churches. We're we're looking for buildings. We want to be uh, the kind of theological tradition that is biblically saturated, but also that provides the environment whereby people can come and worship the Triune God. And for that to happen, we need, in some ways, a restoration of an understanding of sacred space, of architecture. And at this point of our young history, of course, where a lot of us are meeting in Christian schools, a lot of us are meeting maybe in theaters, a lot of us are meeting in meeting in barns maybe. So it's a very humble beginning for, for some of our churches. But the ideal, of course, Magnus, would be that one day God would provide us the kinds of spaces that would leave a lasting legacy in the world that would stay around for 100, 500, 1,000 years. So as you're looking, as you're thinking through our small communion, 
what's a way to get more CREC churches in beautiful buildings in in different parts of the country? Because as you know, as probably in Europe, these are can be uh, remarkably expensive buildings. So how can we do this in an effective and even an economical way? Well, that is a very, very good question. And uh, the church in the world is the biggest real estate holder, right, in, in the world. And uh, there are now faith-driven entrepreneurs who are building companies, for example, like Lighthouse Investing, where they are helping cash poor, um, asset-rich churches to thrive. Okay, so that's just one example. It's a great guy, uh, Russell, helping people with that. Because there are so many churches that are using their space 10% of the time, and then they have bad cash flow. Mm -hmm. So why in the world not try to utilize our space more so we can be more community-centric in that way? So in, in addition to being a greater resource and both ministering to the body and the soul in our communities, uh, we will then, of course, also have a sustainable model that we can have a, a bigger place, a more central place, a more beautiful place. And I am also convinced that uh, when modernism has uh, made the West so ugly in so many places, uh, that actually taking that stand and saying, you know, we're actually going to go the extra mile here and uh, we're going to, to build... A, a beautiful place. I think that will just start to shine more and more and more. So, so what's going to happen is that those you cooperate with, they will actually say, you know what, we will make it more beautiful here because it will actually be an investment. It, it will actually help us to have, you know, the, the cinema or the music school or the kindergarten or uh, the, the restaurant or whatever we can do, which can show our good works, show our community, show the joy we have in the Holy Spirit and also how we uh, treat our employees differently. So I think it's a very important. For example, this organization, Faith Driven Entrepreneur, um, they are now on a mission to gather one million entrepreneurs to really uh, use more of the workplace and be more present, you know, and meet people where they are, but also in a way you can you can also draw them in, in in ways. So I think this is one of the big things. And concretely, what me and my partner, um, Brad Johnson, are doing now, we are starting a, a, a Christian uh, cinema chain called Beauty and the Faith Cinema and Art Center. So the goal we have is to open 17 of these in Europe, 10 in the United States, and three in South America. And uh, the idea uh, with new technology and everything, it's become very easy to set up uh, a cinema. And in that cinema, you already then have a beautiful auditorium uh, because independent cinemas that thrive now are actually those who invest in beauty because that's what get people out of the couch and out of Netflix to actually right. come to a place. And then you can, of course, combine it with the discussion groups after and make it an, an experience, a community. And you can have then churches in these rooms. Uh, this will be also an excellent place to attract the local artists that are around there and just reach more artists. Um, um, because these have such a powerful influence in our culture right now, right? You have some of these guys, I'm talking with somebody, oh, has 80,000 followers on Instagram, like a painter in South America. It's like some of these have a lot of influence. And I'm just asking, are we really, are, are we really reaching and relating to these especially conservative artists. Because if I were, a, let's say, a, a Catholic artist or just a philosophical type of artist, to start in a little church, which is like a little box on the corner, it, I think for me, it would be a kind of a strange 
uh, an unnecessary big bridge to cross mm -hmm. uh, because that type of experience has been just so so integral part of my spirituality and as an artist many of these painters say they listen to music they pray and they they stay in a source of beauty and a source of worship throughout a lot of the day so I think especially for places like Spain uh, Italy uh, France you know in Catholic countries especially we need to um, if I'm allowed to use the word contextualization here, contextualize a bit more with beauty. And I think this is something will, that will enrich everybody. But it starts with coming together with with born-again uh, business people and being able to work together with sustainable models. And I think it's a big win for everybody. Magnus Gautestad is a composer entrepreneur from Norway, very much committed to the revival of beauty in the Western arts and the church life. And I am very eager to um, bring your work and your passion to the attention of our CREC ministers. So Magnus, I'm very grateful. Thanks for joining us in The Perspectivalist. So grateful for being here. So thank you very much and have a beautiful day, Yuri.